0: Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast. My name is Caitlin and with me today are... Jake. Chris. And Ames. Well, Chris, you're right on it this week, not like last week. I'm glad you learned your lessons. Well, it's because we've been beating you to make sure that you don't fuck it up again. I'm in so much pain. Yeah, that's right. Speaking of pain, oh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, we're here today.
1: There's (laughs) an O'Brien episode coming.
0: Oh, poor O'Brien. There are, uh, we're here today to, to do episode 215 what? Oh boy I know, and we're gonna talk about, not to throw you all off with a little change here But we're gonna do two episodes of Deep Space Nine We're gonna talk about Honor Among Thieves and Change of Heart Change of Heart had me pretty fucking anxious, I will tell you. But first, honor among thieves. I don't know. As usual, uh, Chief O'Brien is like the most important person in the whole fucking universe, and they needed somebody to go and investigate some the Orion Syndicate. See, like how they managed to buy somebody from Starfleet or whatever. And they're like, "All right, well, we have all these actual operatives, but I think instead we we send O'Brien. Yeah, yeah we we send He's O'Brien. Not doing so anything. And it's, has it's no it has no family. That makes sense. It does not. Sort of." No, little sense. We'll talk about this because wow. it doesn't. The thing is, it doesn't need to make sense. because This is a great episode. This episode is great. So Brian uh, is hanging out in a bar and he zaps a guy and he's like, oh, no, you're being zapped. Let me stop the zapping. <clears throat> and he does. And immediately this like I don't even know what this guy is. He's like a gun arms dealer type person. He works for another guy. It's a yeah, he's under, like mafia underboss. His name's Bilby. He works for a guy named Ramus. He's got a couple of henchlings called, uh, let's see, Kroll and Flith. Flith is a great name. I loved that name. It looked too much like filth. It does. Mm-hmm. It's
2: great. It's perfect for this guy.
0: So Creole and Filth are his two dudes. And uh, O'Brien is now also going to be one of his dudes because O'Brien can like fix the I don't even know what the hell it was. It was like a space ATM that they were using to like rob everybody. They were like, "Let's steal money from the cops." No, let's steal it from sick children at like whatever St. Jude's is in space.
2: He's a general fix-it guy.
0: Yeah, he's a uh, Mr. Fix-it, just like always. I'm picturing him getting really angry, a la uh, Gyro Gearloose, you know, in the in the Ducktales cartoon, and being like, "I'm not just a gadget man." But anyway, that is all you are, O'Brien. Yes, you are, and unkillable. So in it, you know, he's like I say he's working he's working with star he's working for Starfleet to try to find out who their like their double agent is or their mole or whatever. And he just keeps getting in deeper with these dudes. He he fixes himself a couple of uh Klingon disruptors, and they're like best friends. Bilby's like, ah, oh, these are me daughters, you can have your pick. I love no, it. Also, I bought you a whore. Why won't you have sex with the with the whore? She's going you're gonna hurt her feelings. Oh, o'brien he doesn't actually have an accent i don't know why i'm doing that i wish he did though uh at at any rate they become good buddies o'brien likes him in spite of the fact that he just like murders people in cold blood
2: it's the patty's cat
0: yeah chester chester Chester. i love chester chester cheeto chester cheetah whatever the fuck his name is anyway i'm just saying the cat likes flaming hot cheetos yeah and so and who who doesn't? doesn't Yeah, so, (laughs) so anyway, they become really good buds and O'Brien finds out that actually the Orion Syndicate is working with the fucking Dominion. (laughs) And they wanted, I know, and they wanted those Klingon disruptors because they're trying to find a way to get the Klingons to like back away from Starfleet. But Gowron, that son of a bitch, God, I love him, is making (laughs) things difficult. He really is like, no, no, Starfleet's great with those crazy fucking eyes of his. Their big plan is, okay. like we're going to assassinate the head of a house and we're going to make it look like another Klingon did it. So we're going to say that Gowron is like ordering hits and then people won't want to hang out with Gowron anymore. So So another Klingon
2: civil war is what we're saying.
0: Sounds great. I mean, honestly, can you imagine anything that would make Klingons happier than a civil war? Mm. I feel like they fucking love that shit. They get to die with honor. Hmm. They get to kill other Klingons, which obviously, that's got to be the greatest challenge in the universe, since they're obviously the best warriors. So, I mean, you know, when else do they really get to stretch their legs and see how talented they are, but when they're killing each other? So, yeah, Klingon Civil War. And then, you know, they'll take their ball and go home. And then the Dominion will only have to deal with Starfleet. And, you know, they're They're, a bunch of bitches. So that sounds much better. Then, then, Bilby is the one who's chosen to go do this job and set it up and do the assassination. And it turns out they're going to kill him. They're setting him up. They're going to do him dirty. And O'Brien finds out. And is like... Baby the Federation?
3: Yeah, the Federation is going to do him dirty.
0: Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, thank you. And O'Brien's like, Bilby, you're my best friend. And... I gotta tell you that I work for Starfleet, and their totes gonna kill you. They're setting you up. Let me say, let me help you. And he's like, no, but my three handsome daughters and my <laughs> wife and uh... and Chester,
2: not Chester.
0: Yep, not ch- poor Chester will soon be orphaned. But O'Brien's like, you know, let me help you. And he's like, LOL, I'm already dead, you idiot. Thanks a lot. Why'd you have to be a, a mole, a double agent? And uh, mole, they just really. Mole, mole. <laughs> yes, I have a mole. And uh, honestly, they have like this really tearful, sad moment where O'Brien's like, let me save you. And Bilby's like, you fucking can't. I wish I just didn't know. There's nothing you can do. And then the so fucking episode pretend. ends. The episode ends. We have no idea. I assume Bilby's dead. Oh, yeah. no, they, and they said he's dead. They well, should. I guess he is dead because O'Brien goes home with his cat. Bilby's yeah. like, just take care of Chester. I don't know why I keep making him Irish. I just like it better. I like it better that way. But anyway, uh, O'Brien gets a cat. That's probably for the best because man, his wife keeps going on missions around without him and taking the kids, and we haven't seen her for six months.
2: Good. Good.
1: Good to have some consistent pussy at home.
0: Yeah. 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 That was honestly, I'll give it to you. It was a good line. No one.
2: So the thing I loved the most about this episode. Was every fucking time Bilby looks at O'Brien and says, "Oh, I can tell just by looking at you, you're the saddest
0: man in the universe." <laughs> I know so you alone, like that, like, like anything. You should you should try getting yourself a girlfriend.
1: Okay, okay, right?
0: Okay, okay. okay. Now okay.
1: I get that they're like, "All right, we got a mole, which means we can't send in any of our own operatives. It has to be some rando." Did they not look at the man's record and psychological profile? Because O'Brien is not a man who deals in gray areas. That's true. He sees the universe in very black and white.
2: He's too honest. He's incredibly honest. Right.
1: This is not a man you send to go undercover, which is one of the grayest areas in the world where you do have to befriend people. And a part of you, despite all the training in the world, will maybe start to genuinely like them. And then you have to screw them over.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and maybe, then, P.S.
1: Yeah. P.S. Don't lie to him about what's going to happen. Or if you do, don't then tell him the truth.
2: Mm-mm. True. Yeah. It he does will seem
1: not take it well.
3: It does seem very strange that of all the people that they could have chosen, they chose O'Brien. Yeah. Miles Brunt. to I mean, Brent was it because O'Brien? he he was going to know how to engineer do things? engineering stuff so he could impress them? Was that the idea? Well, it's
2: very very clear since we see a couple scenes of what's happening on DS9 in O'Brien's absence and that's mm. that everything is falling apart. So we can only assume O'Brien is still the only engineer in all of the Alpha Quadrant. Jordy must be gone and dead. McDougal is gone. Uh, who's our friend? Uh, Argyle, Argyle is Argyle. missing. I mean, Everyone's been Rom, killed by we Dur- Rom.
0: <laughs> well, Ro- yeah, but it Rom, sounds like yeah. he's the one that was left in charge. Well, that's
1: what Quark said. Don't they said. mention Rom? That's what Quark said because of how badly everything's
0: uh, been going. Oh, uh, uh, well, that's good enough for me.
3: Yeah, it it does it does kind of stretch credulity that. Starfleet intelligence, their best, you know. Yeah, I do understand. Okay, yeah, their 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 operatives have been compromised, but at the same time, they like how far down the list of po- possible can like see. This is the thing. I wonder though. You know, we don't know too too much about what O'Brien did before the Enterprise. We know that he was in, he was in the war. Yeah, uh we know that he you know was was a, a, at setlick three. He was a I mean, Maybe he chief was involved in some kind of military intelligence for all yeah. we know. You know, you know maybe like maybe he does have some experience here.
2: Now, if this was an Argyle episode, I'd be right right behind it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the only way I could see this working is if, you know, O'Brien prior had prior experience with if not like undercover espionage shit, then at least like Special operations.
2: Yeah, I but just remember, see none of that in his character, is the thing.
1: Yeah, remember, this is the same Starfleet intelligence that decided to send a 70 odd year old captain, his CMO, and a mad Klingon on an undercover mission once. Oh, you're talking yeah, chain that's of true. command. Yeah.
2: See, I was thinking Gambit when Picard. Was, doing, well, yeah, th- was he this, was undercover then too, right?
3: Yeah, this episode I don't remember the setup of Gambit though because it opened just like with this episode it opened with Picard already well, embedded Gambit, with the with the with the baddies.
1: I think Gambit was more that he was on vacation and got caught up in this bullshit so he had to like put himself undercover okay. basically.
2: Well the um, final row episode that I know we saw, the title of which is escaping yeah. me. Was like that too. It's like, oh, let's send just whoever we've got lying around instead of you know, like people who are trained in this undercover to potentially get killed. They do this all the time and by I wrote in both episodes that we're covering today, why is it their job? Yeah. Why is this something you're trusting with people who already have jobs to do? Miles is the most important engineer in the quadrant. He yep. needs to be doing that work. Come on. Mm. Well, so, let, let's let's say
3: okay, well let's just say this though. Like what yeah. if let's recast O'Brien as a John Rambo type <laughs> figure. <laughs> like during the war, he was like part of an elite infiltration force that like you know, did all kinds of shady behind the scenes shit. And he's like an elite killing machine. But since, you know, after the war ended, they kind of, you know, they're like, fuck, we have to deprogram this guy because he's going to shoot up a police station. So they, you know, they put him into some kind of engineering training and they're like, well, you know, this guy is just on such a short fuse. We got to give him a job where he won't be able to interact with any other human beings hardly ever. So they stick him in the transport room and he's in there for a while and he's doing all right. So they're like, all right, you know, what? we'll let we'll let O'Brien out. He's met a nice lady who's a good boy.
0: Who's a good O'Brien? We,
3: the the <laughs> the secret agent that we've implanted on the uh, on the Enterprise to keep an eye on O'Brien and make sure he doesn't go crazy has been successfully has successfully infiltrated his life and is pretending to be his wife.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice
3: so so you know she can continue to keep an eye on him and uh yeah and then he gets his other job because he's like oh i have an aptitude for fixing things
1: well and they like it because it's like oh good this place is going to be breaking down so constantly he will be too busy to go off the mm-hmm. handle there you go and then like
3: some, and then like you know there's a scene where it's like somewhere in the alpha quadrant and it's a it's Starfleet intelligent base and they're already like dark room with one light over them. They're like, We believe all of our agents have been compromised by the Orion syndicate. Well who, what do we do? We need to take we need to take these bastards down. We need to find out who the mole is. Like, there's only one man we can call. Argyle. Get me curly. Oh
2: right.
3: <laughs> code code that, name Curly.
2: That's per okay, that's perfect. Here's the other question I have though is this episode comes out of fucking nowhere and I have I yep. have backstory on where this fucking episode came from. Because we're in the middle of this gigantic war with the Dominion and the Cardassians and all these fucking assholes who are all over the place. But let's take a quick break from that to talk about the Orion Syndicate, because they didn't even know there was a connection with the Dominion up top.
1: So, one thing that bugged the hell out of me. Just one thing? Yeah. Okay. Not a single Orion in the whole episode. Yeah, that Aww. is a little weird. Like, nice. I get that, We're dealing with a really low-end schmuck. So, like, yeah, I'm sure most of the Orions, they're the made men. They're on Orion... whatever. You know, they're doing the big fancy jobs. They're not on the shitty little backwater. just, Just one, you know? Like, maybe one
3: with Ramus. Okay, well, hold on a sec, though. Has it been established that Orions are a species?
2: Yeah, we saw it an Orion slave girl.
3: Well, we, well, right, but those could just be—they could either be slave girls who are Orion's species, or they could be That's slave true. girls that are owned by the Orion Syndicate. So, if we assume that the Orion, That's true. it could be that like the Orion Syndicate is just—it's not a planet Orion. In fact, why well, Orion why is would a they, constellation? It's a isn't constellation. It? it could just be that mm. some group of according in, in this episode. All the bosses, well, no, Bilby's human. The other guys are something else. But it could just be that the Orion syndicate is just the mafia.
2: My God. Yeah. This explains in TAS why when we met some Orions, they looked
0: not green at all. Right. So They were pink. Forgot about that. Like, like, uh... <laughs> so it could just be that like at this point,
3: are. they haven't really established that Orions are a nice. species. I feel like that doesn't even get settled really until Enterprise.
1: Discovery.
0: Oh.
3: Yeah, and
1: Enterprise... Uh, We see green people again. Yeah. Interesting. And they are explicitly stated to be the Orions. Huh. Yeah, no, you're right. That actually, yeah, up until Enterprise, that is just an assumption being made because of that scene in the case. Because
3: there's a a green woman who's identified as an Orion
1: slave girl. Because I think even the green woman we see later, they don't specifically say. We just know she's probably the same species as that other one.
2: Is that the one from the mental asylum planet? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then, yeah, we don't see another one until Enterprise.
3: Yeah, so I'm going to go with the assumption that at this point in time, the writers were just like, no, the the Orion Syndicate, that's not a race of people, or the Orions are not a race of people. That's just what the the underworld mafia is called in Star Trek.
0: Yeah, that would actually
3: make a lot of sense.
0: I almost like that better.
3: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's better than having just a race of shady people that keep keeps yeah that feels slaves. racist
1: doesn't it yeah
3: yeah it's monocultural
2: you know. too and i don't i never like that
1: well let's be that's yeah, star trek all over though <laughs> yeah true um speaking
0: of racism that i don't like
1: well i mean that's just an unfortunate side effect of just how science fiction works you know so I many know. cultures are monocultures it's
0: true
1: because it's 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 you know it's enough effort to come up with an alien race imagine having to come up with like one that's actually diverse Scene. yeah
3: I feel yeah. like to that end the fact that Bilby is a human, yeah you know, and that they depict him like, yeah, he's ruthless and he kills a dude who you know ripped him off on some guns,
1: but yes he he's a gun runner, i mean yeah
3: i mean he's a, he's he's clearly a bad dude, yet where the episode goes so far out of its way to make us sympathize with him and make uh-huh. us. Feel like oh he poor Bilby he's oh he should have and successfully
0: know. for me I was I was definitely like oh Bilby oh, yeah
3: because he's got a family he he has a kitty that he's nice to he's friends with O'Brien he's got like,
0: three kids he's nice to
3: he tries to like get O'Brien laid which obviously he needs true yet you know yet at the end he you know kind of pays for his crimes
1: in in one way or the other yeah it is it's you know. My my point about Orion's aside, he is still very clearly just some kind of nobody within the organization, largely. Mm. He's answering to a man clearly much younger than him. Like, this is as far as he's going in the organization. You know, like, he's getting all excited. Oh, I'm getting ready to be moved up. Stuff's changing. Like, this is like. I don't know, there's kind of a. Even this isn't the best example, because they were still a little higher up, but in Goodfellas, there's like the three of them, and only one of them is actually full Italian. So like the other two, who are like Italian and something else, they talk Irish. about the fact they they can never be made men. And uh you feel like that's kinda the case with Bilby. Like he whatever it takes to be a made man in the Orion syndicate, he's missing it. And he knows it, but he could still well, be a... Well, he's l- a fucking
0: terrible judge of character, for True. starters. <laughs>
1: True. But go on. Sorry. But yeah, there is something just sort of sad about him, you know?
2: Speaking of things that are sad about Bilby, this is actually very sad, because they originally cast a different actor in the role, and they were, like, very, very excited. It would have been, like, this veteran uh, actor, uh, Charles Hallahan, who they were so excited looked a little like Cole Meaney, And they were like, oh man, we could play into that. It could feel more like a father-son dynamic and mm. O'Brien could kind of see him as a father figure and that would be very interesting. And then the betrayal at the end would be that much more impactful. But the poor guy died a couple days before shooting of a heart attack. Oh no, that is So they, sad. they called in their, their second choice, basically, who did, who said, okay, I'll I'll play the role in uh, Hallihan's honor.
0: And oh. it's very sad. So what you're saying is he didn't have the stuff to make it in the mob and he only had the stuff to make it in this episode because the other guy died.
2: It was okay. I liked his acting.
0: Oh, no, I thought he was great. I am am i i don't actually mean anything by yeah, it. Yeah,
2: I'm just curious what that extra bit of oomph would have been to, like, see a, a, a different relationship between O'Brien and Billy it would have been cool.
0: Oh, it would have been amazing. Because I, I feel like it was already there in some ways anyhow. You know what I mean? Like, even if that's not even if they weren't pushing it as hard, it did kind of feel that way.
1: Yeah, you can definitely. I look. I just looked him up, and yeah, there's there's a there's a there's a resemblance, similar shaped heads, kind of curly brown <laughs> he hair, looks like a potato. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of preferred the fact that he was just a buddy, you know. Like, I feel like the father figure angle almost would have been a little too much.
2: Oh, po- possibly because yeah, like I likened this to a couple episodes where you sent Geordi off to do something, and then he ends up accidentally befriending the enemy. And you're yeah. like, damn it, Geordie, we can't send you out in exhibitions anymore. And same <laughs> fucking thing with O'Brien.
3: It actually would have made sense if uh Bilby was Irish, like explicitly Irish, because then they could have it would have made more sense to be like, oh, they send O'Brien because yeah. they can talk about the old country or whatever.
1: Yeah.
2: Now the original story was almost like almost entirely different, which is very strange, because I guess when the the writer who came in and did the pitch heard that they were picking up his story and they explained what they were going to do with the story, he's like, do you have the right guy? This wasn't at all my pitch. Because it would have been, uh, Jake Sisko saves the life of a girl who happens to be a daughter of some syndicate bigwig. And all of a sudden, all good things start happening for Jake. He makes all these f- uh, friends from the syndicate who are like helping him out until he gets in too deep and it starts getting bad. And the side plot would have been Quark trying to weasel his way into the into the syndicate. Which is kind of funny and cute, but entirely almost nothing yeah. about this episode. They, is that. Sounds like that. a
1: good episode too. Yeah, they still could have made that episode. <laughs> yeah, because that's a completely different story. It,
2: yeah, it only contains the syndicate as a thing that is in the story.
1: And we mentioned them before.
2: Yeah, a couple of times.
1: Hell, lady, the first person to have the little neck computer thing—that lady oh, yeah, was a deep Dodo. cover. Yeah, they, she was dealing with the syndicate.
0: Yep. Yep. Oh no. (laughs) Bizarre. Yeah. For me, this one was
1: like, you know, this was was fine largely. I thought it was entertaining enough. They did. Caitlin pointed out there really were like kind of overrating the pudding on like. You know, oh yeah, I swore for you and oh yeah, you know you, Oh yeah, you'd I witnessed for witnessed you. Witness for this and over guy and you'd be dead next to him and blah, blah blah
0: like we get it. We we, we get it. He stuck his We're neck not out, dumb. we all got it, thank you.
1: But that last scene uh did up the average a little on the episode itself. I think it was really well done.
0: It was a nice scene.
1: Um Deeply sad and tragic. The guy basically realized, I'm like, "Wow, I wasn't even your target. I'm so unimportant." Oh
0: my god! Yeah, that was sad.
1: I'm just like collateral damage. Whoopsie! In your hunt for something more, and important. he's like,
0: "You're not just collateral damage. You're my friend."
1: You
3: see, which I makes I you think, collateral
0: damage. I I think that's that
3: about right. Yeah the the Federation, you know the the whoever the the guy was the the handler. Whoever Chair was Wick, yeah. The people running this op sucked. Yeah. Um. Because okay, a couple things. Yeah. So all of the the clandestine meetings that O'Brien has with him are like out on a city street, it's not yeah. even a crowded city street. Just like nope. You know, just talking at full volume. Yep. About the secret plan that they're going with. It's like if the Orion Syndicate had their shit together, there would be somebody you know, tailing O'Brien to make sure he wasn't a fucking secret agent.
0: Yeah. yeah, yep.
3: um, And then the next thing, it's like, okay, so Chadwick tells O'Brien, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to arrest Bilby and he'll go to jail and, you know, but he'll be all right, which, fine. Why didn't they just do that? Like, they knew that they were going to go to, you know. Listen, he- you,
0: you never changed your mind? Come on.
3: <laughs> like, they could have, like, what they do when the FBI does something like this. They bust down the door and they arrest everybody, including their undercover. Mm. Yeah. They make it look like, no, we had a bug in the ceiling the whole time. We yep. knew what was going on. Mm. They don't, they don't blow the cover until much, much later.
2: Was so the they answer that, that they wanted to know what the Dominion's involvement was and because they didn't realize that before.
3: But yeah, but they did once at the point where they had the plan to go and, inv- and, assassinate the Klingon dude, that's when you spring the trap and arrest everybody. And then, you know, a, you, um, you know, you don't, you, you, um, you don't have to kill Bilby. He can just be arrested. You can interrogate him and find out more about the inner workings of the organization. Yeah. Potentially. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and you can protect him and his family. And his cat. And his cat.
0: Mm-hmm. His three handsome daughters. And, and you I don't have
3: it. to let him know that. O- like you could just be like, "Yeah, O'Brien." You could even, dude. You got fucking phasers. O'Brien could get shot during the during the during the the the, the storming the 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 raid. Pulling a luck like, well, time. <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, "Well, o- uh, well O'Brien died." Nothing Sorry, unusual Bilby.
2: there.
0: <laughs> True.
2: Yeah. I,
1: mm. Starfleet Intelligence is very bad at their job.
0: Terrible. Terrible. Real bad. Well, again, they keep having, you know, O'Brien come and act as their intelligence. Obviously, they're not doing great.
2: (laughs) Nice. I noted one thing that was funny that I noticed, though, was that um, they realized the double agent who's been leaking information from the Federation is someone who... Runs the weather system on Ryza. and I thought, yeah. my God, it's Worf.
3: And did you notice? Did you notice that his name was Mister Starfleet? <laughs>
1: <gasps> He's descended from, uh, from from Commander, Commander Starfleet. Starfleet. I, my I God. was like, my
3: God! I, I was like, Wow, what a coincidence that that the guy that's been feeding information to this Orion Syndicate is Mister Starfleet, Commander Starfleet's great grandson.
0: Mr. Starfleet himself.
1: But yeah, no, I noticed that too, Ames. Because my thought was like, wait a minute, when did Starfleet take over Ryza's weather control Probably system? Probably
3: after fucking Worf let the terrorists win.
1: <laughs> Man, that—that's that why would
0: work. That fits.
1: That's why they didn't discipline him. He—they gave he gave them the aim they'd been looking for for years to take over the Riza weather system.
3: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, they probably had to step up security after they realized just how fucking easy it is to make that planet into a swamp.
0: Well, and plus, like, honestly, so many of their people are, like, going there for vacations and shit. They have to be careful, you know?
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's funny, though, like how easy it was to turn that guy. Yeah, he paid him a bunch of money to make sure it wouldn't rain when they scheduled it. It's like, that's all it took? Jesus, Starfleet.
3: Yeah. Well, Starfleet doesn't have money, so I was just
0: gonna say Starfleet doesn't pay very well. Yeah, so it's like
3: uh if anybody is giving you money, it's like
1: hmm and that's interesting. This place, what was it, the, the Farious Prime, the lesser known of the Autobot leaders
2: has <laughs> its
1: own currency. They have paper wads of paper cash yeah, they're I, flinging I, around. It's not even Latinum.
3: I yeah. bet you they they're like Latinum certificates though. There's like yeah, a vault somewhere.
1: 'Cause it felt, you know, pretty uh, pretty universal Latinum, but then the, but again I think it was just more for the looking more like a mafia movie. Because mm-hmm. there's always guys walking around like you take this and uh, go get yourself something nice. Yeah. How unlike was
3: that? unlike Quarks, like little briefcases of Latinum oh, that they use for Tongo.
0: <laughs> oh my god, we'll Very get there. And it bad, was hilarious. Bad oh, news of space. And
1: the bank of Bolia's been robbed again. Yeah, man. Bad week for gonna... bolia.
0: I was gonna open up an account there. Oh, maybe find someplace with a better uh, security. Oh, well, no, they got a... all of Morn's savings out in time. Yeah, they
1: didn't get. Yeah, but they had a huge withdrawal, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. But I say, not, not again. That's right. They robbed the bank of wherever Morn was from, but they L- were keeping it Lithia or whatever it was in the Bank of Bolia. God, yeah. that was a boring heist. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I wasn't following any of what was going on because it was all going on, like, inside Kroll's head or some shit. Yeah, yeah and, they're
1: like, and they,
3: they're like, I can just imagine when they were watching that scene, they're like, man, we gotta get some tense music in here because this <laughs> yeah. is fucking
1: dead air. I mean, it took me a minute to realize it even was a heist. I thought they were just ordering sandwiches again. <laughs> that <laughs> really staves as like their- good.
2: Oh, no, I did like their, that where soft drink machines are evolving to in the future. Because like, we already have the ones where it's like you can add different flavors to them like, that you can see in like a Five Guys or some shit. Now it's these weird things that you plug
0: into your neck. That's right. And that's how you get whatever flavor soda you want? Yeah. Does that mean I don't have to push buttons anymore? I can just think about uh, <laughs> <laughs> that strawberry cream soda I want Yum. so bad. I, uh...
2: <laughs> um... oh, Christ,
0: what happened to Chris? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what happened. What are you doing? He's lost lost in his mind.
1: (laughs) I had a thought and it just died on the wing. God. Uh, We were talking about soda. Oh, yeah. Like that really, though, right away did a very good job of setting up the fact that like, yeah, this is the Orion Syndicate. But these three guys aren't the big ones because their whole like their scheme, the first scheme we see them pulling is we're going to order lunch. Who's going to pay for it? That isn't us. And I'm like, really? <laughs> this is this is your devious scheme. You're gonna have the DPW pay for your sandwiches. Mm.
2: <laughs> devious. That, that,
1: that's who they settle on is the DPW.
3: Yeah. Well, they and, already uh, made the cops pay. The yeah.
1: Know. Yeah. And then you're just sitting there like, yeah. I, I earlier I called them like good fellows. No, these are the good feathers. Yeah. <laughs> like this is the level we're dealing with right which, now. Which,
3: uh, which one scene that kind of made me laugh is that the Vorda makes the classic villain mistake Mm. right he explains the entire devious plot in excruciating detail to the people that don't need to know yeah it's like no you're being paid to go assassinate a dude go do that we don't need to tell you the Fucking, oh, yeah, and then the Federation will be left all on
2: their own. It would be way more interesting (laughs) to watch O'Brien come to that conclusion on his own than for us to be told that. Like how in one little ship you watch Dax and O'Brien watching what's happening and they figure out, ah, I see what the plan is because we can figure it out because we're smart.
0: Well, O'Brien on his own, you know, less smart. If he he tells Chadwick,
2: Chadwick could figure it out.
1: Vorta loved monologuing Um Yeah the real irony there was that the Ambassador was almost killed by his own coils Yeah Curses
3: coiled again Because they got the coils from the from Kryzon ambassador yeah.
1: I gotta say too call, calling the head guy Chadwick I get it was like you know yeah it sounds like a shitty Bureaucrat name but now in this day And age it's like it's the Black Panther Yeah it's like Chadwick Boseman and suddenly it's a tougher Name than it
2: used oh. to be he sounds yeah, like I was he thinking it be sounded like a... kind
3: of like secret agent-y, though. Like, yes, Chadwick. He sounds yeah. like a Teddy
2: Ruxpin.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's got a James Bondy feel to it. And man, speaking of which, how fucking pissed do you think Julian is that when Starfleet needs a secret agent, <laughs> they show up at Deep Space Nine and they get O'Brien?
0: Yeah. Because hey. Julian could not keep it cool. That's the problem. Oh, Julian oh. would be flashing it around. He would have banged the prostitute. He'd be the archer of Starfleet.
3: Yeah, he'd 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 be in that bar in a full tux. Oh
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> and telling people he's a secret agent and who he works for. Like that's yeah. what I mean. Like you know, he would take a trip to Whore Island.
1: <laughs> yeah. See, that's what's great though is Bilby still would have befriended him because the guy's been like, Bilby, what the fuck are you doing? It's like, get on. You think an actual secret double agent is going to be sitting there in the bar all day saying, "I'm a secret double agent"?
2: Bah. Now he has a new accent. He's got it on his Gabagool.
1: face. Give me some of that Orion Gabagool! <laughs> uh,
0: slapping alien mozzarella. Ooh, yum. Um, uh, yep. You know what I mean? And I don't. I don't know what I mean.
1: But yeah, this was an interesting episode. Again, like, Starfleet Intelligence terrible at their job. Yep. Did not read the psych profile on O'Brien. <laughs> it's like, you remember that time? Remember that time where he uh, told the prime directive to go fuck itself and almost caused a...
0: Yeah, but that's how you in- make captain around here.
1: intergalactic incident with our first species we have met from the Delta Quadrant because he was mad about their hunting practices. This is the guy you're going to send in. As a mole, like... Listen, O'Brien
0: did nothing wrong.
1: No, he didn't, but he is not the right profile (laughs) for this kind of job. He is too... Like, what do you think of his morality? Because there's bits of it which are not great. He has a very specific one. It is very black and white. This is not a man who deals in vagary.
2: And now he's stuck with a
0: cat for the rest of his life.
2: No, Kato's no gonna way. make
1: him get rid of the cat immediately.
0: No. Yeah, she's never coming home. She left. He, he hasn't realized it yet. Already
1: shipped that cat off to the Rajenkos.
0: Oh, <laughs> actually, yeah. Why I mean, are the Rajenkos? Because they, they, they wind up with the rooms cast off. They take over the, all the orphans. I think yeah. he should give them the fucking data. Aww, I think, I think he should s- send
1: them off to you know be with his family. Which, by the way, there's there's a wife and two kids.
0: Well, oh, I thought that there were three... I thought he was like, these are my daughters. No, was no, but that was kids. one of them was
1: his wife. Oh, well... And these... I think it was a boy and a girl, too, I think.
0: I thought it was three girls, and it was all his daughters. Mm. But, uh, whatever. Who cares? Uh, the, the, the cat only thing was I the want... prettiest one. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that I, that I, like, literally let me go, oh, fuck, rewind that, I gotta write it down. Because it made me so uncomfortable. There's that scene where, uh... What the fuck is the the dickhead's name? Uh, uh, Gelman. Gelman. Yeah, the they're Vorta? chatting with Gelman about Bilby's last big score here and the the big job he's gonna do that's gonna make him a made man. And uh, Bilby's like, yeah, yeah, whatever you need. And he's like so accommodating. Reminds me of a Jim Hada. And it just made me have pukey feelings because it I just felt it. very much like, oh, yes, yeah, just like that race that we created and enslaved. Nah. Gross. I don't know. It just made me gag. But it was a great line, and Geldon gave it really well. Oh, as a side note, though, uh, Ames, you made a note here that says, uh, this is the Vorda we remember from One Little Ship. Yeah. First of all, I did not remember him from One Little Ship, because... <sighs> but he is showed that up the one on the that...
3: screen for all of ten seconds.
0: Is this the one that Justice thought might have been played by Iggy Pop? Yeah, yeah, yeah but he is not Iggy Pop. Iggy Pop was uh, Yelgrun. Yeah, I know he wasn't. I know he wasn't Iggy Pop. I remember that conversation. I just I wanted to make sure that I was thinking of the right guy. Yep, yeah, that same guy. guy. Cool. Yeah, it was I a wonder, fun episode I made me if, very like, sad.
3: Considering how little he did in One Little Ship, it kind of makes me wonder if like while they were filming his scenes for this episode, they're like, hey, let's just get a... Let's. Just, we need a Vorta for one little ship to say something on the screen. Mm. Let's just get this actor who's already in makeup. And yeah, costume. we've already got
0: the headpiece <laughs> on him.
3: Let's just get him up against a a blank wall and <clears throat> film him saying some shit. Mm.
0: I like to say, think that they like ran him through all of the possible things that could have happened. It's like uh, Dana Carvey and like Gerald Ford has been, you know, died today, whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. But instead, it it's the Vorta version. All right. Is that are we done with that one?
2: Yeah, what literally all of my other notes are Chester, I love you. So, Yeah,
0: Chester was a very pretty kitty. We all love Chester. Well, that sure was an episode. Up next, the the episode that made me the most anxious of any episode ever. Really? Change I was so heart. bored. Well, I was so I know what the future holds. Uh-huh. Uh, and notes. so I was like, I is this the notes. episode? God damn it. Is this what it's going to happen? And Chris was like, no. And I was like, OK, but like, is it going to happen next episode? And he's like, no. So what is that you
2: made that made you think
0: this, Caitlin? Well, I can't say I don't want to get I don't want I don't want to tread too close to spoilers about season seven. <laughs> but uh, in Change of Heart, Worf and uh, well, we got two. We got two plots. We got two plots. Ish. A you plot and a half. Let's talk about the half plot real quick because it's yeah. it's cute and silly and stupid. So in a uh, plot one point B, one B one A point five whatever start eight seven eight nine three two one point five. <laughs> so Cork is having a really good run of wins on the old Tongo board. He beats Dax. He beats all his Ferengi friends. Where do those Ferengi guys come from? How are the they staff, still playing right? games with him? Oh, no, you've been reinstated. Oh, that's right. I forgot. All right, fine. So anyway, so he's been... He's won, like, what, 207 games or some, like... Six. 206 games? At the top he of the episode, the is the most- Oh, I thought you were going to say, no, he's only won six games. I was like, uh, no, I, I it? know it's more than that. The fuck are you talking about? Well, anyway, yeah, Quark doesn't fucking stop winning, and O'Brien is incensed by this for some reason and is like... You know, why, why do I, why do I keep going down the rapids of the same river, dislocation, the same shoulder over and over, (laughs) Crimson and Clover? It's to visit Uh,
2: Julian in Medbay, that's why.
0: That's correct. But he wants to beat Quark. And so he's practicing his Tongo. And Julian, you know, O'Brien teaches him the rules of Tongo real quick. And like 18 seconds later he understands the game better than O'Brien and probably better than 99% of people that have ever played Tongo and is like, LOL, O'Brien, you suck. You're never going to win. And O'Brien's like, okay, but what if we have a training montage where I teach (laughs) you how to play Tongo and then you whip Quark's ass? And that's what we do. Bashir learns Tongo and he goes to challenge Quark and uh, he's actually doing really fucking good. And then Quark's like, well, I'm getting close to losing. Time to start using the old mind games on this fucking human. So he's like, wow, that Dax, he, she sure is married. She sure isn't having sex or loving us, huh? Am I right? And Julian's like, yeah, that is right. And then Quark's like, well, I win. Bye. <laughs> and that's that. So we get to another another season seven type thing. We get to, we get, to get that little hint that... Uh, Bashir is still hung up on Jedzia. Makes more sense than Quark
2: being hung up on Jedzia.
0: I don't know. I think, the thing is, is I think Quark... I think Quark cares about a lot of things more than he pretends to. Like, I kind of feel like he's the kind of character where we just really never know where he stands. Like, when he kisses Rom because he's glad he's not dead. I mean, I know you would think, well, yeah, they're like brothers or whatever. But I still, I was never really sure if Quark just liked having a punching bag around or if he honestly loved his brother, you know? And I I feel like you could say that about anything Quark cares about. I think that he doesn't really let on. So truthfully, maybe he is carrying a big old torch for Jadzia. I don't know. Maybe we'll never know. Maybe we don't need to know. Mm. But anyway, uh, at the very least, we know Julian is. I mean, like, duh, though. I mean, like, obviously, especially because, I don't know. Julian's not... like. we still, not, the, I we feel still like, doing the summary? Yeah, this is still the summary. I feel like... Yeah, sorry. So anyway, that's that's the that's the 1.2 plot. Whatever the fuck. Plot 2.0. The real plot is that Jadzia and Worf are... They're gonna go, like, pick up a defecting Cardassian because they want his info, I guess, but they can't just beam him up. They have to... They have to beam down, or they have to land on a planet... That seems to be infested with albino Burmese pythons and lizards and things that are attacking them. Yeah, and then, of course, Hadars, And so they have a fight with, and they want this guy because he's defecting from Cardassia. It's his last chance to get away, and he's probably got lots of info. And they're like, we really like info, so come get it. But uh, the Jem'Hadar attack and our girl Jazia is like critically injured. Like, well, they missed your they missed your organs, but they shot you with an anticoagulant, which means you're never going to stop bleeding. So, good fucking luck. And we still and, have like
2: three days of marching in the jungle to do. So, hmm.
0: Yeah. And so every time we see them, Worf is like, "Oh, you've your blood pressure's down twenty percent," and I'm like, "You can't be down twenty percent." more than once probably and have it be livable like this seems like really bad 20 percent seems like too big of a number so eventually you know Jet Z is like obviously gonna die and Worf's like well I gotta go finish the mission and Jet Z is like yeah you do and Worf's like I mean it's really important and Jet Z is like yeah I-, I know you you really do go right ahead And Worf's like, because, I mean, I could get in big trouble if I don't finish this mission. And is like, no, like, I really get it. You should you should do what you have to do. Like, I'll be right here. And Worf's like, all right, bye. But he can't do it because he's actually, it turns out, like a really, as Chris put it, much better husband than a boyfriend. He's just really good at taking care of, you know, wanting to take care of Jetzia. So he uh, spits in the face of his his orders, which is wild. It's really not warfully of him. And he scoops Jetzia up and they get the fuck out of there. And the probably huge piece of shit asshole Cardassian that they were going to save. He gets killed. It's really too bad, actually. But it's not. Fuck him. He's probably garbage. Like, really, who cares? You know all the information we could have got from that guy? Yeah, but fuck him. Um, and so they get home and Genzia has surgery and she's okay. Thank God. I was really, really getting freaked out. And, and Sisko's like, you know, Worf, uh, as your captain, I gotta tell you, you really, you're really fucked up back there. You, uh, you really blew it. I mean, you went back for her, even though we had to finish the mission. And Worf's like, yep, that happened. And then Sisko was like, but like on the DL, I would have fucking done the same thing. And, and then uh, Julian
2: bursts in
0: and says, Jensia,
2: I still love you.
0: <laughs> and then she fucking flatlines the end of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <there it> <laughs> episode, the end of Deep Space Nine. It's all fucking over. Uh, so,
1: really funny story. Oh, no. That was really funny, but it's pretty funny. I remembered the Worf getting a dressing down scene.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But in my mind, I had put it at the end of the Ryza episode. Oh, <laughs> So there's no
2: consequences from that episode. Yeah, like
1: we got to that episode. There were no consequences. I was like, wait, what? What does Worf do that causes that dressing down? And it's like this, this. Fuck you. I mean,
3: I don't know.
2: He deserved a dressing down.
3: He did fuck up. Like,
2: but like, he got a man killed.
1: Here's the thing, right? For reasons. Two people that are in no way, like, trained for this sort of thing.
2: Oh, yeah. The, the episode of why is this their job?
1: Yeah, like, they're sent to pick up a transmission. Okay, that's fine. That's within their wheelhouse. But then it's like, you have to come do this dangerous exfiltration.
2: I need to ride home, guys. Without even being able
1: to check with Starfleet Intelligence, who maybe, you know, had it been Starfleet Intelligence, there's no guarantee they would have gone for it. You know? Mm-hmm. Like... If there's one thing intelligence people want with their sources, it's to keep them there as long as possible. And, like, neither Jadzia nor Worf is qualified. They know nothing about this man. They know nothing about his record. <coughs> they have no way to make him prove that any of what he is saying is true. true. About, like, I'm about to be rumbled. I And, like, here's the thing. Like, all right, clearly at least enough of it was true because they did kill the fucker. But let's say he'd successfully defected. The founders in the Dominion were figuring it out really, really quickly, would have realized, shit, this guy knows where all the founders are, and they would have extracted the founders before Starfleet Intelligence could have been used any of that information.
2: All those snakes that we saw in the jungle were changelings. Yeah. They
0: were founders. founders, yeah. Well, I
3: wonder how easy it is to... You know, even for the Dominion, because I'm imagining the founders that are out there are deep undercover. Yeah. So I'm wondering how easy it is even for them to contact those founders to be like, hey, you, you've you been rumbled. You got to you got to get out of dodge. So, I mean, it could be that, you know, the, the, the founders that are undercover doing shit, you know, just do their shit until it's done and then then get out.
0: Couldn't they theoretically call from anywhere just dressed up as, like, an admiral and be like, Hey, (laughs) I need to talk to Captain whoever the fuck. They could be anywhere. And then be like, Oh, hey, Captain, uh, you're going to need to withdraw, Wink.
2: Yeah, Mm. I say this every goddamn fucking week, that they have not been utilizing the changeling power, like, at fucking all. That we we
0: we know know of.
2: Well, that's the thing. Oh,
0: shit, that's a jinx.
2: Like, Lasaren says... I know how many changelings there are in the Alpha Quadrant. And I'm betting to you, like, the answer that he's going to give Starfleet would have been, like, three million. Good luck!
1: Yeah. Yeah. Whereas we know there (laughs) were, what, four on Earth? Three? Like, that's the thing. In reality, there probably aren't that many. They probably just have them in very key positions. I also find it unusual. Here's, okay. I'm
3: going to say that probably what really happened is the Dominion was like, hmm, this dude, this Cardassian dude, he's, uh, we have strong suspicions that he might be leaking shit to the feds. Mm. So we're going to slip him some information. Some fake info. Ooh,
1: some real gold.
3: You know, and uh, see what happens. And uh, if he makes a break for it, we get, we kill him. You know, I I I think that was probably the more likely scenario because I do not see any circumstance in which the founders would allow a Cardassian underling yeah. to know their locations. Yeah, some nobody. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like.
1: Sorry, go on. Thought you were
3: done. No, that that's
1: pretty much it. Yeah. But yeah, like, and again, like, it's one thing to send these two to intercept the transmission, but then it's like, oh. Uh, We're being strong-armed into doing this really delicate exfiltration mission by this douchebag. And again, like, at the end, Cisco's like, yeah, I made it a rule that you two can't be sent alone on missions together. That should have already been a rule! Yeah, it's probably a good call, in
0: retrospect.
1: there's already... I mean, they had to be put in place for sad reasons, but, like, there's already rules in the Navy that... Members of a family can't serve on the same ship.
3: Saving Private Ryan, man.
2: Fuck Saving Private Ryan, man. Never saw it. Kill that uh, guy.
3: Um, but uh, yeah,
2: don't save. No, yeah, Matt Damon.
3: Oh, the, sorry, spoiler alert. In the Navy, <laughs> he's
2: Matt Damon. That's the spoiler. <laughs> Did I ever yes. tell you that
3: story? That that's yes. actually a thing.
0: He wasn't Wait, a big actor. He wasn't until... a big
3: actor when they recorded. When they made them. When they made Saving Private Ryan, he wasn't like a household name. But between the time he was cast in that. And the time it came out, they made Goodwill Hunting, and he oh, became okay. super famous.
2: One was Dogma. He was good in Dogma.
3: That was that was after.
2: It was after, really. Yeah. I have he no was, sense of.
3: time. He was like a small time actor prior to Goodwill Hunting.
2: Oh, okay.
1: Mm. But yeah, there's that. I forget the name, but there were these four brothers who like finagled all working on the same ship during World War II. Ship went down. All four brothers lost. Oh,
0: oh fuck! That so is sad. Uh,
1: no more family on the same ship i mean at least you save on funeral costs that way
0: (laughs) oh god what funeral costs they were lost at sea weren't they yeah but then you only have
1: one wake yeah collectively there you
0: go all right fine we're both right one
3: headstone you only have to pay the engraver once
1: and i get that starfleet is
0: here doesn't lie this entire family
3: (laughs) just list all the names and check all that apply Oh, no. You only have to carve the, the date of death once.
1: <laughs> it's oh just you know, the, there's like all
3: the birth dates and then the arrow and then there's one death date. You save a fortune. Jesus. You save a fortune right. getting it done that way. Were you, you know, to say awful? Chris?
1: Since we've already gone here, I'm going to oh, say no. something on the record that's pissed me off for years. Uh-oh. John F. Kennedy Jr., right? His uh, who, playing is, goes, who is alive, by the way. His plane goes down. He's lost at sea.
2: Is this going to be Star Trek related or no?
1: No, it's related to God damn
2: it. Ames.
0: Silly Ames. And he goes down Silly, at sea. Sweet girl can dream. Ames. And they
2: spend
1: all this fucking money to find a civilian lost. It never would have happened if he wasn't fucking Kennedy's son. They find him and then they bury him at sea. <laughs> <laughs> like, really?
3: Stop. But Stop. But that, don't you understand, Chris?
0: Stop.
3: Chris, don't you know? That that whole thing was a fucking
1: hoax. I know, and enough. that it,
3: and that he's actually alive, and that he's going to come out and stop the steal any I day
1: know. now. And, and the Vax, Trump will be president.
3: Is he obviously. Q?
2: Holy fuck! It's Q. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, a lot
1: of people think he's Q. Yeah. that's
2: awful. All it right, I'm going to bring it back to Star Trek. Yes, Jack.
1: please do. Because
2: we were talking about movies for reasons, and I watched a movie this week. Oh, oh. goddamn! Kill me dead i keep watching these stupid fucking movies you it was stop. another john wayne movie of course Why do you keep watching john, john wayne jesus but here's the connection it was the green berets which featured george oh
1: takei. no not George. Jo- oh not the green berets
2: and i was like oh right this is the, the film that george takei was not around for for a lot of episodes of tos whenever we'd say where's yeah Sulu, yeah that's the right. answer was vietnam Yep. So I watched this movie because I I saw that there was like a connection that certain elements of this movie were inspiring this episode. And I watched it. It's bad. It's pointless and dumb and the whole point of John Wayne wanted to make this movie was people don't seem to like Vietnam. Let's make a movie that'll make them think we should belong in Vietnam. Fuck Ugh. you, John Wayne. But Propaganda the
3: point film, eh? yeah.
2: Hmm? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. There's no plot. It's all just a stringed like, string of scenes that are all just stuff that happened in Vietnam.
3: Did George Takei play a Vietnamese character? Of course he did. Oh, boy.
0: His name was Nim. <laughs> <laughs> did we ever tell you about the time he showed up in Murder, She Wrote, and it was the most offensive thing I've ever fucking seen oh, in my life? No. Oh, god. Oh, no. God. Oh, no. And, no, and, not and nearly enough, that Jordan. it was in the 80s when he didn't need to get paid to be a fucking stereotype because he was already... You I don't know, know. Established.
3: I think in the '80s, outside of like the Star Trek movies, I don't think any of them were getting a ton of work, other than Shatner.
1: Yeah,
2: that's true. I'm. I'm still. I've been very slowly getting through the the DeForest Kelly book because it's not great. Sorry, guys, it's not great. And yeah, after Star Trek, he was just like, oh, I guess uh, everything sucks now. Great, good for me. Um, but no, yeah. So this movie barely has any George Takei. He dies very pointlessly.
3: Is he a good Uh, guy or a bad guy at least? He's a good guy. Okay, that's good.
2: He takes a whole bunch of VC with him, so good for him, I guess. Oh, no. But no, the stuff that kind of inspired this episode was, you know, there's a lot of traipsing around in the jungle. So as I'm watching this episode, I'm just waiting for booby traps, because there were lots of booby traps in this movie. Mm. No booby traps in any of this episode. Fuck it. And then also, like, the whole trying to extract somebody, which was almost not even a Point in the Green Berets it was like the most afterthought of of plots that comes in in the last 20 minutes of the movie so yeah, it's, yeah it's, God it sounds jammy. like you could
1: sounds you could have just as well as watched Apocalypse Now and it would have connected as yeah, much yeah that's about Possibly. or a Rambo 2 yeah
2: but it would not yeah, have had George Takei
1: true yeah, I remember I've never seen Green Berets. I remember reading about it, and it was basically an attempt to be like, hey, you know, we made all those really successful propaganda movies during World War II, some of which have gone on to just be classics in their own right. Surely we can do the same thing with movies in
2: Vietnam. It's, it's on uh, Roger Ebert's one one of his worst uh, movies lists.
3: I am. Um, I'm sorry. I just called it Rambo 2. The actual title of the film
1: is Rambo First Blood Part 2. That's right. That's Weird. right. Yes, it is. But yeah, no, you know, Worf, finally doing the right thing. Orders, all go fuck yourself.
0: All the reasons. For all the right reasons. Oh. Is it, like, is it
1: better husband than boyfriend?
3: Well, honestly, yeah, I agree, though. You know, they did, the episode than Star at Starfleet least did a officer. good job of explaining why it's the two of them on this mission, because, number one, initially it was just supposed to be to intercept, you know, to, they thought they were just getting a transmission. The yeah, just get a phone call. They can do that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, kira says like oh the defiance gone and the other runabouts are out so it's kind of you know you guys are the last of the starfleet folks aboard so good luck so we know it's that why it's the two of them although it could have been fucking Curly. like okay. curly was there why don't they send him because he, <laughs> he was, was busy still fixing shit yeah. being
2: sad over bilby's death
1: yeah, or, he was still or, catching up on work orders yeah huh? or they tried he's like look Look, I got a nose for this shit. Something's going to go hooey, and I just did hooey!
3: Send somebody um, else! And then, obviously, the exfiltration is sprung on them, and, like, what a dick move. Is like, yeah. listen, I need you to rescue me, and I can't give you any time to think about it. It's like when nope. those fucking assholes came to my house to try and install a new roof. Did I tell you about this bullshit? These sons of bitches show up, Door-to-door salesman, they're like, oh, it looks like your roof's shit. And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of shit. And they're like, all right, well, here's a really overpriced quote. Uh, They kept
2: you, they kept, they stayed in our dining room for like three fucking hours.
3: Awful, awful. Yeah, they did this long fucking sales spiel for like an hour and a half or longer. And then at the end of it, when I'm finally like, okay, just give me the fucking quote. They give me the quote. It's. No shit no kidding, twice as much money as I was expecting a quote for this to be because I have a general idea of what this stuff should cost. So it's twice as much. And then they say to me, not fucking kidding, they say, Well, that's the normal price, but if you agree before we leave tonight, we'll charge you twice as much. We'll we'll knock off like twenty percent. And I'm like, Well, I'm not gonna make and and when I say I'm talking in the tens of thousands of dollars, right? Like more than a car. And, and I'm like, well, I don't make financial decisions on the spot like this. And they just wouldn't take no for an answer until finally I was just like, well, listen, I really have to ask you to leave. And like, they were kind of pissy about it. And They're like, well, you know, you're, I don't, and I remember, you know, I, uh you don't have to go with our company, but really take it from me as a fucking expert in roofs that, uh, you got to get this fixed. You're you're in serious danger. I was like, fuck you. What is that, a threat? Um yeah. So, and then they fucking called me the next day. The boss, their boss apparently is like, I am the supervisor. I'm like, okay. And they're like, listen, we're willing to extend to you for one day extra only the special price that you were offered. I'm like, I don't want to, I'm not making this decision, okay? And then like they were hounding me for weeks. Yep. With the same shit. And every time they'd leave a message, I stopped answering the phone. They'd leave the message and say, okay, well, you know, the introductory price that we offered is going away. It's not going to be there much longer. And like, you know, at one point I picked up on, like, listen, I got, I got another company to do it. I'm not hmm. interested. Go away. Anyway. And I did a
1: fine job.
3: Thank you, Chris. <laughs> thank you, Chris, for stapling some paper to my roof. It was so fun. I almost died. It's really soggy up there. <laughs> we have there.
2: a very steep roof. <laughs>
3: Anyway, but that's what it made me think of. I was like, "Listen, yeah. this guy should get hired by that fucking roofing company." Because yeah. Uh, yeah. if you weren't dead, He's I don't ready. know. See,
2: I thought, I thought this was, this was, it was a matter of they are Starfleet officers. This is their job. Is it their, is it their job to make this decision? In this case, yes. Should it be? God fucking no. But it was their job to get this stuff from this guy, and then I guess them getting this guy wasn't a logical enough leap for me to be like. Yeah, they should get this guy because he's their secret agent and they need this information. Dominion War, all this all this shit. So I it it didn't bother me at all that it was a good idea to save this guy. He was a jerk, but that's fine. I'm a jerk.
3: I do think, though, that you're not a genocidal jerk, though, maybe there's always like a buddy system. But if I were in the situation, if I were in worse position, I would have ordered Jadzia to stay on the ship. Uh, yeah, maybe not just because of for safety reasons, but just because like they've landed the, a fucking Federation starship on a hostile planet. Yeah. That's true. And just, Somebody
0: really
2: should have stayed. Just
3: left it there.
2: And it's what yeah. a two-day you know, two day walk out, two day walk back.
3: Yeah. You know, so like she could have stayed on the ship and if there was problems or like if the gem had found it, she could defend the ship perhaps a little bit. Or if like they got killed while they were doing this, there would just be a fucking ship there that the that the Gem and like, oh look, free fucking ship full of intelligence.
2: And meals ready to eat.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean they're they're lucky they sent a long-range ship and not just like a shuttle. He'd be <laughs> like, you have to come get me now. We literally can't. We max out at warp two and have no rations. <laughs> like
3: Yeah. Yeah, so honestly, like unless there's like a policy where you always have to have a buddy. Really, it should have just been Wharf going out there. Yeah. Uh,
2: I can I- see a policy where you should have a buddy, though. Yeah. Yeah. But, like,
1: I, I, like this whole thing was just so badly bungled. Like, what, mm, why? Mm. Yeah. I, again, we wouldn't have a story. But, we, like, we always say how, like, every ship should have a lawyer. Deep Space Nine, especially, should have a Starfleet Intelligence field office.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: There should be permanent spies there.
2: Well, I think right now in the middle of the war, their their populace has been decimated. So this is what's left.
1: Well,
3: there should also just be, I think we've also said this a lot, there should just be starships there. Yeah. The fact that a runabout and two officers was all they had to send out.
1: Well, that, honestly, in this case, when it's like you're trying to be kind of discreet to what you think is just going to be pick up a little signal and come home... That maybe yeah. Let's just send a little thing, not a full ass ship. That's this is why almost you need suspicious.
2: A, a ton more defiance because they yes can, they can cloak. They can do more shit, and yet there's still just one of them. Well, no,
3: only of. only the defiant can cloak. Yeah, the other defiant class ships cannot.
0: Why not? But- That's dumb.
3: Because, well, because the, the Romulans just...
0: only gave them the one cloak. Yeah, they, yeah. Bought,
3: they borrowed that
1: cloak from
0: oh, the Romulan shit. government. And they made promises, which they broke. I'm actually then, surprised the Romulans haven't taken it back yet. And then but, we never saw Tarul again.
1: Nope. She's dead. That, that's why they haven't taken it back.
0: Because they just don't know about it. Someone forgot about it.
1: I also imagine, too, it's better to send a smaller ship into the Badlands, because it's kind of a nightmare and... It's easier to maneuver. I
0: mean, it's called the Badlands.
1: Yeah. It's bad. All
0: you really need to know are the bad... What is it called? No, not Badlands. Yeah, the Badlands. That's so stupid. It's bad, and there's land. It's just... Uh
1: No, it's it's, it's part of that whole frontier thing.
0: Yeah. You know, there's like, all right, that's the Badlands up there. Well, the frontier thing oftentimes is kind of stupid. This is... They've largely
1: said, by the wayside, yes.
2: Yeah, so this episode starts off, and I'm like, oh, God, no. It's going to be just like Rise of Planet again with Worf and Jedzia bickering, bickering. and bickering. Sitting and in they a tree, do.
0: B I T C H
2: I N G. They do for like the first third to half of the episode. And I was like, ugh. Jadzia's being cute and funny, which I'm about. Worf is being a brat, and all of the jokes are very forced. God damn this episode. And then it suddenly has this very serious turn. You're like, oh, God. Yeah.
1: <laughs> let even though I, I even enjoyed their back and forth, this one, because it was less like, like his work was trying to be fun and your mileage may vary on how much you thought he succeeded. But like, he seemed like, yeah, like you said, he was just a lot more chill. He was like, yeah, all right. I think if anything, he was like, oh, God, you want to go to Ryza, don't you? And they like, no, this planet. It's like, oh, OK.
2: It's
0: like Ryza on crack.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But um.
0: But with like more spa treatments, it seems. I'd go for that. That's
1: another good thing. It's a really good thing that the night before this mission, they weren't expecting to be on. They decided to have not violent sex that sent them to the infirmary. Yeah, that's
2: true. Oh, snuggly sex.
1: Yeah. Well, I say they—they must. uh, I I suggest to Caitlin they call it human style.
2: (laughs) Okay, that's good.
1: Quick note on the B plot. Yeah. Uh,
3: So the scene where o'brien gets uh bashir to help you know. and he's in his tux and he's in his tux well that's the thing so o'brien so bashir shows up to try and get o'brien to play secret agent with him and all i'm thinking is if i was o'brien I'd be like you insensitive piece of shit because <laughs> oh, God, i literally no, I
2: didn't think of just that.
3: played secret agent and a man <laughs> died oh no You son of a bitch. I'm not playing James Bond with you anymore.
1: Well, here's the thing, though. James Bond is the fantasy version where nothing bad ever happens.
3: Except that one time. But I could imagine it being pretty fucking triggering. Yeah, no, you're right.
1: Totally. Here's the thing, though. O'Brien refuses to talk about his feelings. Mm. So you can totally be insensitive to him, and you know he's not going to call you on it.
3: (laughs) Maybe, like, maybe... uh, Maybe this was all like a coping thing like maybe um maybe Bashir was like hmm I can get I can get O'Brien to you know confront this if we do like you know immersion therapy or something There we and go. I he noticed. shows up he expects it to be like a James Bond movie but it's just a Holodeck recreation of Bilby invading the the fucking oh Klingon God.
1: thing. Yeah, no. No watch watch Miles you must watch. Speaking of watch, Julian had a watch on in that scene. Completely unnecessary detail. You never lo- see it. There's one scene where you can see right up his sleeve and it's there. It's like, awesome wow. the
0: designers they, are very serious.
2: They really
1: are. James like, Bond wears a watch.
0: I was going to say, it wasn't a real watch. It was so he could detonate something. Oh,
1: yeah. That's it, like, that's in Bond wears a watch. No one in Starfleet wears watches. So it's like, it is for the holodeck only. A thing we didn't have to see is the audience. I'm just saying Kudos. Oh, also, another thing I had meant to bring up last episode but forgot, because I didn't notice till the very, very end, but um, until I had actually Julian to compare him to, but they squared off O'Brien's sideburns for his undercover mission.
2: Oh after his, his makeover? Jake is showing us a watch for, for some reason. Oh, it's his golden GoldenEye watch. It's a golden nice. Eye watch. It's
3: got the seven hologram on it. I got this from Nintendo Power. Oh it's Sweet.
0: got the uh it's got the health bar and the shi- the uh the body the shield armor body armor bar on the yeah, side. Yeah.
1: yeah. Very nice. Please take a photo.
0: I feel like we've featured it before, haven't we? Maybe. It's not the first time we've seen it.
1: But yeah, they squared off O'Brien's sideburns, because in Starfleet, of course, you have pointy sideburns.
0: Ah. right. No, and I thought that would have been I found a the giveaway. good job,
2: Jake. I found the O'Brien and and Bashir learning to play tango montage, just kind of repetitive and clearly going for jokes. And I was done with it because, like, they do a couple of times, like at least twice. O'Brien wants Bashir to play tango with him and learn and learn tango. And for the first time, it's he gives him the, the list of the rules. Bashir takes one look look at the list of the rules and says, "Okay, deal." And then later on, it's like, "Oh, Bashir, you're the one that should do it because of all these reasons." And then one of the whatever the final reason was, Bashir says, mm, mm, "Okay, deal." And I'm like, "God damn it, same joke twice! Fuck you all!" Yeah, I,
1: that whole plot was unnecessary.
2: It was kind of yeah, it was kind of silly. Like I think they were very clearly trying to do a the lighter half of this episode, and then Ronald D. Moore has basically said, "Like I made sure to stop the B plot." Like, at, like, the midpoint of the episode, because then things were going to get very serious. And I didn't want silly Ferengi shenanigans making the whole thing, like, feel like whiplash.
1: See, the problem is, because it ended so early, I kept expecting there to be one more scene. Oh, no. Because normally there is more. He
2: he likened it to another episode, um, uh, if you guys remember, Life Support, which is the one where Beryal dies. And he says, man, I did a really shit job with that, with well, balancing that with the B-plot, because life support, fairly serious. Barile is dying. Uh, and the B-plot was, Nog and Jake have a bad blind date.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot wow. About that. Wow, I forgot that was that episode.
2: Because it doesn't work with the other plot at all. That was
1: a bad idea. But, yeah, like, I don't know, if you're going to just have to cut it halfway through because it's too tonally inconsistent, maybe just cut it.
2: Yeah, I think there could have been a better way to do it. They had a, an original, entirely different B-plot, which would have been... I know I mentioned before, like, originally there was going to be a plot somewhere with Rom's first wife, Prinadora. Oh, yeah. That would have been this episode. They were like, okay, Prynadora's going to come back, she's going to want to be part of Nog's life, but in the end it's all going to turn out to be a giant con because Prinadora's a bitch. And they decided okay. not to go that route at all and do a different B-plot entirely.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't love that plot, but you can see how it works in that it would be about relationships, which is really, despite all this talk of spies, the A plot was really about relationship. Yeah. So, like, it would have made more sense. But I also, I don't know.
3: But I do wonder how many times does Worf get a pass? Oh, so many every because, fucking like, time because like he has fucked up so much, like that, like they're still not gonna give him a formal reprimand or something. Like,
2: well, Cisco I mean, says, he- "Well, you're. It's really unlikely that you're gonna get a command of your own one day." And is that even what Worf wants?
3: It's what Michael <laughs> born wants because he's been talking about a Captain Wharf show for true, decades. True.
0: <laughs> Has he really? Oh yeah, he I really watched that show. That. Why didn't they fucking give it to him?
1: I don't know. Sons um, of bitches. I mean, the thing is, they they kind of hand wave at this time as being like, we can't formally reprimand you because that runs the risk of giving away too much of our intelligence infrastructure. Mm, true. So, like, that, that was the excuse, at least this time. Which is better than, say, the Riza episode, where there wasn't even an explanation. He just got away with it.
2: Mm-hmm. So the other thing I wanted to talk about this episode... Oh, just a minor side note. This is the 500th Trek episode. Wow. Oh, cool. Wow. Yeah, but the thing I wanted what to What an
1: anticlimactic 500.
2: <laughs> was, uh, this is... the the At this point, Terry Farrell knows she's not coming back for season seven. At this point Terry Farrell knows like she has not extended her contract, she's going to be gone. She requested, if you want to kill off my character, just do it in this episode. It'll work fine. It'll have an impact for Wharf. This was a good place to do it. But they decided not to. I forget why. They decided to let, let her kick around for a while longer as we will see. Yeah, Chris uh, told me
0: that. that when it happens, it's going to piss me off. So oh, yeah. I'm it's already terrible... looking forward to that.
3: I got having in we'll, we 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 can discuss this when we do the season wrap, I'm sure, but I think the death here would have been far more impactful. Oh,
2: interesting. See, the first thing I wrote, the first thing I wrote is, okay, so at this point, Jazia or um, Terry Farrell knows she's not coming back, so the one of the first scenes we get of her in this episode is her naked under a blanket, and I'm like, this is how they treat her, this is why she's leaving, you fucking idiots. <laughs> ah.
1: Because it was like sex pestery, basically, that drove her away, right?
2: I think that was a, a very large element of it. I like. I think we're going to, when we see her leave the show, I think I'll be able to find more info on it then. But yeah, Berman was a fucking prick, and I can't
0: stand it.
1: Now that he, like, is literally no longer involved with Star Trek at all, I really hope, like...
0: All the dirty laundry comes out to air. Yeah. I mean, like, a lot has, I think. We've got to watch what we leave behind, what we left behind, mm. whatever the
2: documentary episode is. Yeah, um, I gotta, I gotta her?
0: say, I'm totally pissed that she's gonna leave because they've successfully made me give a lot of a shit about Jadzia. Oh yeah, and, and Terry Farrell's
2: acting is like, whoa, now, like this episode so much she was better. rocking. Yeah, she
3: stepped up a lot.
0: Chris also told me that the next, the next Dax is not a great actor, so I was like, great. Oh, but so, she's
2: cute.
0: I don't care. <laughs> Fucking Terry Farrell is gorgeous, divine. You're gonna give me cute to replace <laughs> divine, also. We finally got past this awkward doesn't know how to act stage with Terry Mm. Farrell. I don't need to do it again. I don't know. I think... I (laughs) I hope they cancel the goddamn show. Oh, wait. I'll I'll be interested
3: to see what you think of of the new Dax. Because to me, she's got kind of like Tilly vibes. So that'll be interesting.
0: I can see that. Yeah. Well, Tilly has only successfully won me over by I don't know what. So if she's just Tilly without any of Tilly's like... Uh, Tilly's a
1: better actor
0: well that too but I mean without uh but her um without any of Tilly's redeeming qualities I'm gonna hate her Mm. because my initial feeling about Tilly was wow really don't like this annoying bitch and then they (laughs) gave her something else so depends which stage of Tilly Mm. we're talking about stage one Tilly mm -mm. yeah overall though
1: I mean I I did I I have my issues with kind of the the thing that got them there. But overall, I, I like this cuz I liked watching Warf be like having finally got the sticks out of his assholes. Uh, sticks
0: out of his assholes. <laughs> nice.
2: Yeah, I kind of also loved seeing the the progression in the Jezzia makeup or like lack of makeup or like, you mm. know, looking sickly makeup. Oh yeah, makeup. they oh, did oh, a God, good she job looked awful.
1: good. There were there were the points like, wow, she really does look like she is this close to death.
0: Yeah, they did a great job. When I say she looks awful, I mean, as intended, not <laughs> I, like, wow, what a bunch of garbage. No, like, it was really good.
1: I was kind of wondering, you know, it's like, is this like maybe this is how Klingon ritua- relationships work, is like, when you're courting, you're kind of a dick, then once you're actually married, you become a big softy. Because I just think of, like, Martok with his wife.
2: Aww, oh, yeah.
0: they're cute. Does like, Gowron have a wife? I don't know. If she, oh, if yeah. he does, they've
1: not mentioned her. The
0: luckiest lady in the quadrant. <laughs>
1: You know how they say couples start to look alike oh, after no. enough time together?
0: Oh, no. I'm just they picturing a
1: woman with, like, eyes like his. Oh, no. And, like, who knows who got it from which one, but they both got them now.
0: What is he, then, married to a fucking pug? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, that's Mr. Peanut Butter.
0: Oh, no, you know what? They say that about dogs as well, though, that, like, animals in their own. Ah. So if he doesn't have a pug, he's really missing a step.
3: Oh, we sort of got an acknowledgement in the uh, Bilby episode that homosexuals exist in... Oh, Africa
2: yeah!
3: Yeah. Because he's like, oh, you, you, oh, don't tell me you don't like girls. It's like, oh. So that means that he knows that there are people that don't like girls. Therefore, either that or it could just be asexuality. I don't know.
1: It mm.
0: could be a little bit of bit both, but we literally had Jed Zia making out with another woman, so...
3: Yeah, but that, w- but that was... That was lampshaded because uh, she uh, used to be a dude. Yeah, I don't know.
0: I think all that proves is that Trill, or at least Jedzia, or or at least Dax, is just pansexual. I don't think it actually disproves homosexuality. I don't know.
3: Yeah, I just. I mean, it's just interesting that Star Trek. Yeah, you know, it really took until Discovery. Oh
0: for God,
3: gay people to have. Proper representation in Star Trek, yeah, or even igno- or even acknowledgement of I know existence. the fact
2: that they I'm pretty sure they still probably say Sulu is straight. Oh, I was actually no, they, no, don't, they don't. don't. No, in 2009,
0: the movie, Kelvin, he's gay. That does yeah. say that. that's a different Sulu. Oh,
3: you're well, saying that George it doesn't Takei's mean that,
0: Sulu. They never said he was gay. They've never played that Sulu is gay. George he's gay.
1: George Takei himself did actually go on record saying he he thought of his Sulu as straight.
3: Interesting.
2: Yeah, he yeah. makes several references in TOS to ladies, so hmm. or t- yes, I... possibly TAS as well.
0: But when you say it's a different Star Trek, I mean you're right, Ames, but it still is acknowledging homosexuals in Star Trek, that's and true. it's that's also true. it's it's the same
3: character. It's just I don't know those curves are not version at all the of same. that character.
0: Well, and that's a good point too, because if you're suggesting that like one universe's is Sulu is gay and the other isn't. That's really kind of weird because it suggests things about sexuality, such as, yes, catastrophic events could change it. And I just don't think that's true. I think you either are you or not. And well, it is, well, is,
3: is Sulu younger or older than Kirk? Because if he's Aren't older they, like, than Kirk, then it's literally the same person. If he's younger than Kirk, then he was born in the Kelvin universe. I
1: think in-universe he's supposed to be younger. I don't know about real life. Well, like, no, in real like life he's, younger?
0: Yeah,
1: because Chatner just turned 90, which...
0: Is Insane. It's like-
1: I want to take that little care of myself and make it to 90.
0: It must be true what they say about only the good dying young, eh? Hey. I mean, you
1: have to basically split the difference and go, I don't know, maybe he's bi. <laughs> hmm. um, or maybe it's
3: just none of our business, I don't know.
1: No, that too. But yeah, I know there had been talk of making an Enterprise character gay, but that got shot down. Probably by they were like, "No, oh, <laughs> the
0: nerds already like our show. Little enough as it is." In the
1: novels, Hawk was retconned to have been gay. What's a what's Hawk? The what's red shirt Hawk? from First Contact. The the, poor guy, p-
3: the the guy that gets assimilated and
1: then yeah,
2: yeah, he's he's wearing a off. he's he's outside. He's wearing the big helmet mask, and he turns, and you see he's all Borgified. Oh, yeah, the
1: pilot.
0: I vaguely remember that. Yeah.
3: He's like the guy that's like, wait a minute. You're not a part of the main cast yet. You seem to be having a exceptional amount of uh, lines, screen time, and lines.
1: Well, and he was a moderately well known actor too. So it's just like, yeah, yeah, okay, you know. But but yeah, then it's like, oh yeah, red shirt.
3: Yeah, like is it Neil McDonald? Does that sound right? McDonald Something. or McDonough? One of the other sounds yeah. right. Something like that from Tin Man. Yes. White Dwarf.
1: Yeah. Cool. And the Chun-Li movie.
2: Yeah, the other note I had about this episode is that, so the Jungle set that they created on the soundstage, they, had, they made it in such a way so that they could, you know, kind of mix and match it because it was a very small, it's a strangely small set. You'd never realize how small it was based on what you see in the episode. Mm. Uh, and they had it in such a way that they could just film it from different angles and mix, mix and match different plants so that it always looked like different but that it was so full of fucking foliage that they couldn't film from from most of it because it was oh, just Jesus. so full of trees that they didn't use probably a good chunk of it that they could have utilized for things just because there was too much shit.
1: Oops. They done goofed. Classic well mistake. thought out. But, you know, to their credit, I was convinced. Yeah. Yes. You know, I didn't feel like I was seeing the same stuff over and over, so...
3: One of the better uh, Star Trek planetary uh, landscapes, I'd say.
1: Yeah, one of the better jungles, because I feel like last time we saw jungles, it was a bunch of plastic and potted plants, and it was so obvious it made me want to die. Oh, I do yeah.
3: find I'm it fucking... interesting, though, and Caitlin alluded to this, that they don't even make an effort to make any of the wildlife appear alien. Yeah, no. you know, It's all just... No, that's just a... Straight up snake from Earth. Hey, that's a, that's use they the beelzebobs
2: or something. Little puppets. But that yeah. led us,
0: that led us to discussing the potential to own a snake someday. <laughs> I was like, Chris was like, "Oh, that's a nice looking snake." I was like, "You like snakes?" He's like, "Well, I don't need to own a snake." I'm like, "Yeah, but don't become snake
3: people." Ugh.
0: I just I I. Oh come on! I'll get a snake. I'll grow a rat tail. I just can't. I
1: have a hard time. Put getting a couple of
0: Confederate flags on the front.
1: Owning anything that has to stay in a
0: tank. Get a Harley Davidson. Cut the sleeves off all my shirts. There you go. Yeah, I I'm feel gonna keep like, going.
2: Because I know, I think I know some snake people, and I feel like snakes are less about being a pet and more about being kind of a statement of I have this thing that I have to care for and give give live mice, and it doesn't do anything, but I have it.
0: Oh <laughs> so know, I, they're so nice, and they love you. They want to wrap around you and you and pet choke them. you. That's fine. <laughs> they're practicing choking you.
3: There's a reason they're called a constrictor. They will constrict you. Anything else on these shows?
2: Guess not. Yeah, no, they were both fine. They both had glaring flaws, I think, in just the sense of them. So Yeah, it's... it's... Oh.
1: Sorry, go ahead. No, Chris. go for it. It's just, yeah, they both just had the issue of, like, the only reason we're actually getting these stories is because we have to have the main characters here. Because <laughs> in reality, no intelligence service would be doing any of this.
3: I, I find it interesting and, and I actually kind of appreciate that the Cardassian uh, racism ends up being justified because he's like, I can't believe I'm leaving my life to a Klingon. <laughs> and then the it. Klingon abandons him and he gets killed.
1: You know, wow. though, I really hope his last thought was maybe I shouldn't have been a dick to the Klingon. That's also true.
0: Aww, wouldn't
2: have made yeah, a difference. True. Self, but...
3: Self-fulfilling prophecy much?
1: Yeah, seriously.
2: Also, Worf probably could have just been carrying Jadzia that whole time,
1: using her as a weapon.
2: If he if he thinks he's the strong giant Klingon, he'd have just carried her.
1: Mm. The batleth, the matleth, the mateleth.
3: I mean, if she here's Damn the other it. thing too. If she had just at the point when she got shot, Macleth. If she had just gone back to the runabout mm. at that point, yeah. put herself
2: in stasis.
3: Yeah, she could. Yeah, she could have done that, and they probably would have been had enough time to get the guy. Probably. But I'm glad
1: that guy's dead.
0: Yeah. Fuck yeah, that fuck guy.
1: Him. He seemed like a prick. I bet he was giving a lot of bad information anyway.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he probably didn't know shit. He just didn't want to die. Yeah, fuck him. The, the information he has is, let
2: me tell you about the Founders of Infamous Sweet Tooth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Every night they have to sneak downstairs and bake him a goddamn cake.
1: The whole <laughs> The whole Great Link sneaks to another planet <laughs> <laughs> for their oh my nightly <laughs> apple cake.
3: Can you imagine that be like, cake. "Hey, I I know where all the uh I know where all the founders are." Oh yeah, where are they? In the Great Link. <laughs>
2: that
0: winner. Son if of you a can
3: bitch. find that, you got him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: ow, ow, ow. yeah good i'm glad he got you you jerk
1: sorry for Jesus
3: those
0: Christ. for those at home
1: my laughter caused one of our cats to kind of freak out
0: probably caused all our listeners to freak out too you <laughs> loud bastard
1: sorry but
0: that was too good is that cat shit did you just make our cat poop on me Looks like what it's not a, it's not a bruise <laughs> This I think is, the, this is oh, got weird. I think my cat had a dirty ass, and I was just holding him, and now I have oh. possibly cat shit on my arm. All right, so let's, let's wrap, wrap it up so <laughs> she can clean her arm. Here you want to weird? No. Give it a- <gasps> What's happening? This is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Make it stop. All right. Well, <laughs> this has been another interesting episode of A Star Is Nearby. Join us next week for episode two sixteen, when we will talk about wrongs darker than death or night and inquisition. Next week, we'll talk about those two Deep Space Nine episodes. In the meantime, if you uh, would like, you can subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of these, any of the upcoming episodes. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for A Star to Steer Her By. We are on Twitter and Tumblr at podcast, and you can visit us at SSHBpodcast.com. Uh, We've got all kinds of good shit up there, uh, including season wrap ups, fan fictions, occasional essays about, you know, aesthetics and bad admirals or badmirals, as I like to call them. Not really. I've never said that before, but now it is a thing. I think that's it. I think that's everything. So I have been Caitlin.
1: I am Jake. This has been
2: Chris. And this is always Ames. Mark's winning streak continues, guys. Someone's yep. got to take him down.
0: Who will be winner? Who will be two oh eight? Me. Probably
3: Jadzia <gasps> again. Yeah, because <laughs> she seems to have a gambling problem. Oh,
1: severe. <laughs>